Hey, it's Jeff and Jeremy from the Ultra Running Guys. And if you're here, you probably already know that we started this podcast to help you take your next step in your ultra running journey. But what you may not know is that in addition to this podcast, we also host two live races in the Wilmington, North Carolina area that are designed to do the same. The first is the Hydra, which takes place on April 22nd and has a 50K individual. 50K relay. Yeah, you can bring your friends in case you don't want to do it by yourself. And this year, we're also offering a half marathon, which is basically a half of a Hydra. We can promise you that for any of those races, it will be unlike any race you've ever experienced before. And then on September 16th, we host the final countdown of whether you've never run before or you're a hardcore ultra veteran, this race is designed to help you find your limits. And we will be there to celebrate with you. Yep, so mark your calendars, share with your friends, and check us out on the ultrarunningguys.com website. You can search for both those events on the site, or you can even check out the links in the show notes for more info. And with that, enjoy the episode, and remember, when in doubt, just show up. And welcome back to the Ultra Running Guys. You got Jeremy Reynolds and Jeff Winchester of the Ultra Running Guys. And the reason that we're here is to help you take your next step in your ultra running journey. And if you've been around for a while, you know we've been doing a podcast since 2020, but this is a new series that we're doing just in case you're not sure where that next step is going to lead you. So this is all about spotlighting different races and who better to hear about that race than from the race directors themselves. Yeah, so for me, I know that we've been doing this series for a few few weeks now, but what I'm super excited about is the one we're talking about tonight is very near and dear to my heart and to your heart. It was the first 100 miler that we both attempted. You finished it, I DNF'd it, but I did finish this one as my first 100 again a little bit later on as well. I came back, came back. But um, so it's near and dear to our heart. We're super excited about it, super excited to talk about all the details and to learn from the race director tonight. Um, but real quick to let you know that Umstead 100 is what we're focusing on. It takes place in Raleigh, North Carolina at the William B. Umstead State Park. The course is eight loops of 12 and a half miles long each, and it is crushed gravel and dirt compacted course. Um, it provides a really good solid footing for you, so you're not going to slip, you're not going to fall, you're not going to have a lot of pitfalls along the way, you're not going to trip on any kind of routes as well. Um, so it's a really good course to run on, um, despite being on the East Coast. Um, it is a little bit of elevation in it. It's not mountainous or anything like that. It's considered runnable, but it, there is 8,000 feet of total elevation. And the crazy thing about it is that a lot of people will start walking some of the hills, particularly the ones between miles seven and nine on the back half of the loop, because that's where it gets pretty gnarly. Um, and so runners do have 30 hours to compete the race, and it is also a Western States qualifier. So with that, we would like to welcome to our show, Rhonda Hampton, the race director of the Umstead 100. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, guys. Good to see you. Good to see you. And welcome to the show. We've hugged before, so we talked about <laughs> that a little bit before the show. Um, we, we won't go into any details on that, but really great to talk to you and to kind of introduce our listeners to the Umstead 100. Thank you for having us. Um, I'm representing uh, my co-race director, Chris Squires, and... Um, mention his name and i'm excited to represent us and thank you for giving us this honor absolutely and for, and for being our running us as a, your first 100 that's my most favorite thing is to have people run us as the first 100 so thank you well like jeff said near and dear to our hearts we were kind of telling some stories before you know we we started recording here but we've experienced it we've actually talked about it several times on our podcast since they've been around you this is a race you've heard but we want to know from you Rhonda. you've been doing this a little while with umstead i'm guessing that you've got some pretty strong emotional ties we'll talk about all the kind of the tactical stuff that a runner may want to know right but i want to start with you 
What is your favorite thing about the Umstead 100? That comes later, but <laughs> now my my favorite thing about Umstead 100 is riding the course on race day. Um, our Blake Norwood, um, who organized everything about the race and started and made it so that he would be out on the course. He, you get staff that can take care of everything while you're out there. And then you get to be out there with the runners. You get to be, if they're in rain for 24 hours, you're out there and a lot of it with them. And so you get to see what they're going through. You get to encourage them. You get to just talk with them. And it's my most favorite time. I'm not supposed to, like I said, don't tell anybody you're having so much fun, but it is a wonderful, wonderful part of the race. And it is my favorite part. It's because um, I get to be this, there with you. I've seen the smile on your face when you come by on a bike too. So I believe you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of other good things too, but it, that, it definitely is worth everything that I do all year long. Fantastic. So, that is awesome. I've been helping with the race since 2009 and I took over in 2014. Well, that's what I was about to ask you. You mentioned Blake Norwood um, kind of gave you the, that advice. So how long has the race been around and who is Blake Norwood? So Blake Norwood is um, the very first race director and the race is, um, we're the 13th oldest race in the, in the United States. Um, we, Blake and Tom were the first two to run it. They were actually running in Umstead Park to train for Hard Rock uh, and they, because of where we live, they figured they'd better run a hundred miles to train for hard rock because of hard rock. Right. And, um, so they ran it and they decided that it would be a really great thing to have in North Carolina to have a hundred to run. So the next year they had it. And so that was 1995 was the first year we had um, 39 runners and 16 runners finished. And this year we actually had two of those runners run with us again. Um, so still, so we have a longevity of runners running with us, which is another really cool thing about a race. It's, um, that's, that's very cool. That's incredible. So, so why do you think the runners keep coming back? Should I say, you want to tell us? No. <laughs> well, you haven't <laughs> I come know, back. We keep you coming back. <laughs> I have run it a few times. Yeah, so. we've both been out there a few times. But we have a comment sheet at the end of, of each race and ask people to let us know what they think and what we can improve and, and what they like. And our number one comment is the volunteers. We have uh, 350 volunteers. We have 33 uh, key staff members that work most of the year. We're all volunteers. Um, one of my favorite lines from a guy that works all year long, I'll say, Ben, you're doing all this. He goes, Rhonda, it's a labor love. And they just love to see the runners succeed. And they pour their hearts and soul. People make their vacations to volunteer yeah. at our race. And um, it's just really, that, that has to be the number one reason that they come back. I think another reason is that Blake um, really knew what it take to get people through the first hundred. And he organized it so well. And um, all I do, and now with Chris, we just add the oil into the machine and make sure the tires are full of air and uh, it just keeps going. We really try to keep it the heart of what Blake started because he knew what he was doing. He died in 2014, um, right before, right after I took over. He was supposed to work five more years with me, so I was kind of mad at him. <laughs> but um, but it's okay. And um. But he really knew what it took, and he put all of those elements into the race. And one of the important things is 
giving back to your volunteers. And he established a volunteer store that our volunteers can come right in at, before they start their shift and pick anything in the store. We have things from blankets to cups to shirts to you name it, and it's in there. And they can pick anything. When I the first time I volunteered, I they showed me, and I was like, "You can have anything." <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's just, he knew how to appreciate his volunteers and he did an awesome job. And then he really knew runners and what they needed. And he put that in there. That's awesome. So I think that's why people keep coming back. We have a ton of other reasons. Of course, the Western States qualifier, um, we're a nonprofit. Um, so everything goes back into the race and back into the park. Um, let me jump in for just a second. <clears throat> you mentioned the volunteers, and um, I'm going to go on a little bit of a segue here. Sorry. Um, you mentioned volunteers being just critical to the race. And one thing that I find very unique about the Umstead 100 versus some of the other hunters I've been around um, and even have, have either volunteered at or have participated in is that you actually have volunteer pacers. Um, and not every hundred offers this. And so if you're running this race and you don't have a pacer with you because they didn't show up, you can find one or whatever it is, if it gets to a point within the race, you can go by this volunteer tent and get yourself a pacer who is there to literally pace you for however many laps you want. And if they can't do as many laps you want, they've got other volunteers in line to help you um, with that as well. It's a cool, unique thing. I think the Umstead offers that, that not all of them do. Blake installed that. And we're really fortunate with with how we set it up with the with the loops, only two aid stations. You know, we can concentrate and be able to help a lot more for first timers. We really are set up for first timers, but we love by having so many people keep coming back to a good mix of first and mm -hmm. and um, repeaters are one of the things I love most about the race. I'll jump on that. So if you're listening now, you've heard we, we talked about it's 12 and a half mile loops. So it's eight loops gives you your hundred miles. There's two aid stations. You've got the main one kind of at the start stop. And then you, the other one's right about seven ish miles somewhere in there. Right. Uh, about halfway, six and a half, um, so 6.7 plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff was just chomping in the bit to throw out that number. Um, it, it depends because we're, we've had, they won't let us be on the bridge now. For some uh -oh. reason, so we we've had this shifted up. So we're we're working now on where we're actually going to end up being. But it's it'll be around six and a half okay. to seven. Mm -hmm. So so bottom line is you're not you're not going any further than that without great aid. You've got pacers that can jump in to help. And if you're interested in volunteer pacing, I highly recommend it. Uh, people have amazing stories from doing that. I think it's very rewarding. So all that to say, and, and the course is very runnable, right? So this is, we're not talking single track. It's kind of fire road type, uh, no tripping hazards. There is the elevation. You get about a thousand feet per loop, mm -hmm. right? And it ends up being about 8,000. You're going to correct me? Yeah, I was just saying, so if you're not from really flat areas, it's more like a rolling hill and it really yeah. gives you a lot of opportunity to change how you're, what muscles are you're using, your stride can change for the different parts and the different sections. And it's really nice, gentle rolling hills, except a couple little steeper ones, but in general. I totally um, agree. So it gives you some natural walking points. Um, it actually yeah. is a very, very good first. It also is a pretty fast uh if you're from the flat area like we are it's mountains you know we're running mountains out there <laughs> but let me ask this because we just talked about all these great things right and i i do think it's a fantastic first but what do you think that people underestimate 
about Umstead Hundred? What should they be prepared for? Well, the hills are the are the one thing they underestimate. And I think with any hundred, it's just the distance. And and you hear, oh, Umstead's an easy hundred. Well, no hundred is easy. Right. You need to remember that. No hundred is easy. It is an easier one. And I think they, they think, oh, it's easier, so I won't have to train as hard or do as many miles, or maybe I'll sleep in today instead of doing my long run and 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 things like that. But I, the bigger thing is I don't think that they realize how much it's all mental, especially if it's their first one and not being mentally prepared. And it's one reason that we have a qualifier, 50 mile qualifier is Blake thought it was very, very important that you get to the 50 or over 12 hours. Cause rarely do you go 30, 24 to 30 hours unless you're really fast people, but you know, the, the regular Joe's and the Rondas who are more at the end of the back, um, you know, you have to learn how to, well, how do I stay up for 12 hours without getting tired? You know, how do I stay up for 30 hours without getting tired? And if you can do 30, then you're going to be able to go on and do 35 or 40 or 48 at Hard Rock. You know, you're going to be able to, so it's a good building spot. And, uh, but as a beginner, you don't understand that. Um, so they do underestimate what they need to do to do it. So our qualifier, I think, helps them to to find out how to do the hydration, which always is a hard hard issue for them to deal with. And then the mental, because the second half is all mental. And um, I, I, the first time I stepped on the line, a guy next to me says, hey, is this your first one? I said, yeah. And he goes, you're going to run the first 50 with your feet and the second 50 with your head. I ran the first 50 in my exact time of all my 50s and I was like what in the heck am I going to do for the next 50 <laughs> and your body takes over and it just does it and uh, as long as you just keep putting one foot in front of the other you can do it and I don't think everybody's quite mentally ready for what do I need to do to get past those low spots and uh, I will say to one other thing that I think is great from the race and it was Blake I believe that put it together but you've got a link on your home page is about it's ex really tips on how to run the umstead hundred right and it might even be for your first hundred you got the yeah it's actually under the training okay under, under training. training yeah, yeah it, it's how to train for and run your first 100 at the umstead 100 and it's a pdf document that literally will give you advice on how to approach each loop of the course i personally have read it a thousand times um, <laughs> not even exaggerating i feel like i've read it at least a hundred times before every time i ran the race and so it's a it's a really well put together document um and I, I think it's i think it's helpful for you to kind of get this vision of it it is a race report on steroids to be quite honest with you kind of as a way to prep it's real it's really well done it it also covers that if you're running a different race for your first time it does cover some mindset some of the things you're talking about hey what to expect mentally but then it will give you the very specifics on loop one yeah. Right. Here's what to do. So I would highly recommend going to check out that link. So the other thing I think they underestimate is how hard is it to come by your car eight times and not stop? <laughs> so true. <laughs> I, that is that's the mental toughness part of our of our whole thing is or of our race is that. And the other thing is since we do um, have the 50 mile option and the, that if you stop at 50, well you can get credit because Blake always felt if you do all this training all year but you you're not able to finish the hundred you really need something that you can take as a qualifier to somebody else and say hey i've gone this far and so that that's kind of an easy out and 
Blake always said, don't have something in your pocket that you can use to get out of the race. And, and that is kind of something you have in your pocket. So like car keys. I, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot better. Somebody just takes the car away. <laughs> well, that's what I like about your finish of each loop. It's like a horseshoe. And so you come in, you kind of check in and you just kind of grab, go by the aid station. You go right back out the way you came. And I don't, I don't even think I've ever saw my car. Um, plus my family would just make it going, but it's, it's well-designed even on that. I thought too. Um, so if somebody is going to drop from your race uh, or DNF, what do you think um, is going to knock them out? I think it's all the same things that you run into in any hundred. Um, mm -hmm. Dehydration is always a big one. Not really saying I can do this. One guy said to me, I, I was able to do it because I never doubted I would do it. And I think that's the most important thing. I think when you're training, visualizing the finish line and seeing it, knowing you can do it. Is, is probably the most important. And that's every race, right? you mm -hmm. know, that's everything that you do. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the most important thing for, I believe is what do you need to do to pick yourself up when, when uh, you hit the, I call it the 65 mile mark, which is the cry mark and everybody hits it. It might be at 50 miles. It might be at 75, but it's a 65 cry mark. And it's when your body's switching over on how it feeds itself and takes care of, care of things. So you need to learn, how do I get past that? You know, what can I do? What are things that I need to think mentally about to get through that? And um, that's one thing. The others are, don't underestimate the course. It's, e oh, it's an easy hundred. Oh, it's still a hundred miles. Mm -hmm. Do your work. 100%. You know, it's, it's still there. Yeah. I'm well, I know I mentioned it. Because I've heard of people call it a wall. They've called it bonking. They've called it all the other things, but never a 65 mile cry mark. It's true though. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So we are, we talked about aid stations a little bit in terms of placement, but I know the answer because we've been there, right? Um, if somebody's never been there, describe your aid stations. What should they expect in terms of support? Well, if you listen to our comments from all of our runners, our aid stations are the best ever. And that's not my words. That's the runner's words. Um, they have everything you want. They're full service. And again, with our format of two aid stations, 12 and a half mile loop, we're very blessed above all other races of being able to do this. And we have um, anything you want at an aid station. And if you don't see it on the table, ask for it. And if we don't have it, we will get it. We're three miles, no matter how you go to get to a store. And our goal is if you need it, we want you to have it. So if it's not on the table, I mean, for hot dogs, uh, hamburgers, chicken, we have vegan, we have um, vegetarian, we have, you know, you name it, we have stuff there for whatever you need, we'll have it. And so just ask, we do go through, um, our, our Gatorade is our drink. Um, some people hate it, some people love it, uh, it's what we do. Uh, we do ask that you um, carry hydration with you, but we always have cups and whatever you would need to, um, to get through. Um, if you need something, we'll have soups. Uh, we have the list on our website. Again, if you have yep. any questions about the race, it's on there. We have a full page of two lines, maybe even three lines of everything that's at our aid stations. What we don't carry are any of the um, no medications, no no um, Advil or anything like that. We've decided that that's not something we would carry. The best thing about our aid stations is they're um, manned by experienced ultra runners. The 
another favorite thing of mine that Blake did was he did the hundred for the people who were local. Our 50 mile option was because he wanted people to be able to run their first 50 close to home and sleep in their own beds. And, um, and he built this ultra running community and we have a wonderful ultra running community and they all come out to help. And we have so many hundred milers that come and volunteer in our 350 runner park. And so that's the best things at our aid stations. If you feel awful, someone will have something to help you pass that awful. And it's uh, every single volunteer wants you to succeed as a runner. And I'm, I'm sure that happens at every race, but it really is true at ours. And uh, yeah, we have incredible volunteers. Have I we, said that a lot? <laughs> we can 100% confirm. And I think we both got personal stories about how your volunteers have helped us get through, move forward. Uh, they're willing to do whatever. Uh, I know both of us have had our feet taken care of, you know, that kind of thing. In terms of the food, uh, we always recommend, right? Carry what you want for the race, but this one is one where you're going to get variety. You're not really going to be hurting if, uh, you know, you, you may be looking for that something specific. Some of my favorite things are always like the fruits, the easy grabs, right? You know, those types of things. But I'll tell you, especially at night when the temperature drops or something, that soup, that stuff comes in clutch. I, I'm always just stoked about your aid stations. I have yet to get to where I can actually eat a hamburger though. Some I, people do. I can't do that yet. I don't think I've eaten a burger, but I think I've eaten like quesadillas. Like I've definitely yes. eaten some hearty stuff, mm -hmm. you know, walking through there. And uh, I, I have run by people though carrying a burger. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so they're sure. that. Uh, and it's awesome because they're and doing pizza. it. It's available. Pizza. Yeah. yeah. And we have pizza. Yeah. We're again, fortunate at one of our aid stations. It's at, right with our dining hall where um, we have our medical staff, but we have a full kitchen so we can provide anything. We provide true baked potatoes. They're not canned or anything. They're real baked, baked potatoes at both aid stations and uh, boiled eggs. I mean, you name it. We have it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. The you have a full list. Soup, yeah. Yeah. The full list is on the website. On the website. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, so, my kitchen people love making the lentil soup. That's their favorite. So. Let's switch gears and talk about registration for just a minute. Um, I know that registration is opening up for this race for this year that, that we're obviously making this recording for the show on uh, Wednesday, September 13th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So <laughs> it's very intentional. I'm saying that for those who are listening, because it is a Wednesday night. It is at 8 p.m. Eastern. It is on September 13th, and you have to be present online at that time. Rhonda, how do you register for your race? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. And everybody's like, oh, it's so hard to get in. And I find that hard to truly believe because we have a ton of ways that you can get into our race. Now, strictly speaking, we do believe uh, our first 250 is a, is a first come first serve on the computer. Um, we have it now. We let in thinking it's third. It's on how we do it is again on our website and the registration. It, Changes sometimes as we try to narrow down the best way, but I think now we're at, we take in 30 people first, get them started, and then we'll open up 30 more spots, or it might be like 60 and then 60 more. And then as the, like, if people don't take the first spots or they leave it hanging and they're like, should I run? Should I not? After 10 minutes, it goes away and it goes back into the pool. So it takes us about an hour to finish. Um, we keep opening it up and each of the spots keep up coming open again and again, but we get 250 that way. 
And that again starts on the Wednesday. If we could repeat that again, that it's Wednesday, September the 13th, because this is the first time we've been on audio. Okay. It's come back. Sorry. It just came back. All right. It's you? Yeah. yeah it's good. So you're so repeating the date. Yeah, this is the first time that it's been on Wednesday in a really long time. We've always been on Saturday, but we're trying, we've gotten a lot of comments that um, runners say, I'm racing on 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 Saturday. So uh, we decided to try something different. Again, this was Chris's decision to, or push, because Rhonda doesn't change anything. <laughs> That's yeah. the joke, but... Uh, but again, the eight o'clock, he, he was trying to make it better for um, the eight o'clock at night is trying to make it better for the West Coast so that they won't have to be sitting in traffic or anything, or they, you know, they could do it after work and stay at work and maybe have um, their computers be a little bit better than the ones at home to get in. So that's our first 250. And then because everybody said, oh, that first come first serve isn't fair for people. You should do lotteries. We installed a lottery also. And so we have a second chance lottery for the people that don't like first come, um, first serve. And so that starts on September the 16th at 12 o'clock uh, in the morning. And we leave it open for a week. And anybody who wants to still get into the race can sign up for the lottery. And we have 50 spots that we'll pick from that group. And um, so that's our, their main push. But of the um, second chance lottery and the, after the first registration, we also have um, competitive 10 spots open. We have uh, 20 spots for 500 or 1,000 mile club members. Mm. We have uh, 20 spots for volunteers. We have three spots and the people who have taken advantage of this and what in the future are gonna hate me, but we have three spots that are guaranteed entry. If you work for eight hours the year before, you can get entry um, the next year. And um, then we also have our Blake Norwood Memorial Awards, which that limits uh, again, cause that's for uh, mil the enlisted military, full-time military um, ultra runners. And then we also have um, the wait list which we, you have to be in the second chance lottery in order to be on the wait list. That makes sense. We take the, we take the first 20 after, because usually we do pretty good at figuring how, how many people will not run of the people we let in. So our calculations are already figured for drops and, and um, people who don't show up on race day. So we use the first 20 after that. And then anybody who's on the who was on second chance lottery and says, put me at the bottom of the wait list. You know, I'll be number 21, 24, 40, you know. So we give everybody an opportunity if they want. So but there, there's a lot of ways to register for this race. Um, so <clears throat> what I would say real quick, just to recap the most important way that most people are going to get in, it's going to be the 250 that get in uh, on Wednesday, September 13th. By being online at eight o'clock, um, I did look at your site a little bit before we started recording. It is going to open up for 60 um, runners the first time, or 60 Thanks. slots. Yep. And it's yeah. going to repeat every two minutes. Um, uh, uh, is right? Every two minutes? Every two every minutes. Two minutes. Um, and so what we've learned is that you've got to time it right when you hit that entry button. And so if, I will tell you personally, I made it in the last cycle last year when I got into, or two years ago when I got in, 
by clicking the button a half second before it told me to, and I somehow got in. But don't give up. Keep letting it go through the cycles, and eventually you can get in. Most people will be will will get in if they try. Um, I have found. Yeah, to that point. So 2021 is the last time we both ran it. You got in in the last last know, last one, and then I ended up getting selected in the lottery. So yeah. we both made it in different methods. You know, after just uh, it's like an ultra, right? When you go through and you keep hitting the button and you don't get selected, don't give up. Keep the faith. Yep. And then you get 10 minutes to fill out your registration form. So take your time once you're there. Once you're in, you're in. And just fill it out and get it in right. And then I do want to highlight what you said again. So the Blake Norwood Memorial Award, there's four spots. This is being released on August 19th. We're, we, we're not doing you a solid here because the last uh, day to get entry into that is August 21st. So if you listen to this on a Saturday, you got two days. If you're full-time enlisted military, uh, try to take advantage of that for sure. Um, that would be another option for you. But we, when you heard uh, Rhonda say earlier, there is a 50-mile qualifier. So if you're looking to run the race and you don't have that plan ahead, obviously get that under your belt. Uh, I do agree that it's a, a great thing to have before you show up at the start line. So interesting, re interesting registration process, but it's, it's a good one. Have you ever seen the um, uh, big bang theory when they're all trying to get into comic con and then yeah. refresh, refresh, refresh. that's exactly what it feels like too. <laughs> it's stressful. It is. Cause when it gets to eight o'clock, I remember I had my wife on a computer in the house. I mean, we've all been there just trying to have multiple people hit that button. Um, it's stressful, but it's exciting. <laughs> I apologize for the stress. Um, we've stayed with the with the um, first come, first serve because all of our board members and all of the key staff hate lotteries, and we like being the owner of our own destinies. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, no need to apologize. We're no, not complaining, no, no, right? No. We're just. I, I like the fact it's on a Wednesday at eight o'clock um, because of the fact that most people are going to forget it. And I'm going to get in if I choose to register. <laughs> what, and for the record, you talked about Saturdays. I remember, I'm, I'm an Air Force guy. I remember being in an airplane, sitting on alert and telling my crew, hey, it's 11.58. I will be back. I went out <laughs> to the crew truck and sat in there and tried to register and had to come back up. And I think that time I didn't make it that round. But um, yeah, it so it actually is something to look forward to as well. All right. One more question for you, Rhonda, before we wrap up, what does uh, it mean to you to have runners run your race? It, I, I tell you the most important or the thing that I love is when we're your first 100. I really like being people's first 100 race. It's, you know, it's great to be the first of anything, right? You, you wow. love your first one, you know, and that's what it was. I can say that I love Umstead because it was my first too. But like JFK is just special to me. It was my first 50. So your first. Us as so well. I like being. We, Sorry. We were both, uh, JFK was both of our first 50. So it sounds like we share first 50s and first hundreds. Yay. <laughs> that basically but, means we're taking over as race director for the Umstead 100 when, when she retires. It's destiny. Destiny. <laughs> sorry, we interrupted you. Yeah, sorry. Proceed. You were saying. No, no. I'm just, I'm honored that people choose us, but. With um, volunteering, I always tell, um, like when you're talking to people and you tell them who you are or that you're part of this organization, and you mention that they it, that they should that they should volunteer, and they're like, "Oh, you just want volunteers?" And I'm like, "No, I'm giving you a gift. This yep. is a very special group of people, 
And ultra runners are the nicest people in the world. But um, so my saying, and I wanted to say this, is runners are nice. The further they run, the nicer they are. So ultra runners are ultra nice. And our entire volunteer staff and the runners who are there and the people who come to support them are all as nice as ultra runners. And it's just a wonderful place to be. And so for people to come and to be part of that just adds more fuel. It's like a big bonfire of wonderfulness. And uh, so that's having them come is, is what's important. And they're always so excited. One time, um, we were turning pictures into a certain magazine, which I won't mention. And they said, your pictures don't show any emotion. And I'm like, yeah, they show happiness. And they're like, that's not the emotion we want. <laughs> it's like, but everybody's happy. I mean, you look at the pictures, everybody's smiling. And it's so nice to feel that and to be part of people doing something that will change their lives. You're not the same person when you finish that hundred mile line as you were before you stepped across it, you are definitely a different person. And it's neat to be part of that. So and it, that's what said, it Rhonda will be there to hug you in that moment. So. And Chris. And Chris. <laughs> and Chris, and Chris. Yeah, apologies. <laughs> Depends on hey, if she's sleeping or not. <laughs> yeah. Chris, like, Chris, Chris likes the finish line better than I do. So I like being out on the course. So I love it. Well, you might and, get more hugs from him. I will piggyback on that because we do have a lot of newer runners that plug into the show, or if you're just happen to be, you know, searching and you find this, what you said about volunteering, I 100% agree. And so a lot of times when people ask, Hey, I don't know if I could do ultra running. And my advice mm -hmm. is usually go find a race and volunteer because you're going to fall in love with it. And if you can volunteer at Umstead, then it goes double to me because the, it, it's just an incredible experience. So I agree. I think well, the hardest thing for us is our volunteers end up being runners. So we have to keep getting more volunteers because they find out if you see what they do, the back of the Packers are like, geez, I can do this too. And you can, anybody can do this if you choose to, and you want to, you have to want it, but you can do it. I love it. And that sounds like a perfect place to wrap it up. Uh, for if you're tuning in, just thank you so much for taking the time, Rhonda. It has just been incredible talking with you. Umstead100.org. That's the website. You can go find all the information that we talked about in the registration. We talked about the key dates, uh, September 13th and then August 21st, if you're military and you're looking for that. Uh, but for the ultra running guys, family, if you've been around for a while, gosh, we just appreciate you so much. Our motto, Rhonda, is just show up. You do that year after year along with your crew. And uh, just thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. We enjoyed it. All right, listen, thank you so much. We recognize the fact that you are probably just hanging on just for a couple more minutes as you're finishing up your run. But really, we do want to give you a huge thank you for the constant support that you've shown us. We hear you and we feel you. And the best way for us to continue to grow is for you to share us with your friends. Tell them what you put in your ears when you're out there on a long run. Hit the like button, leave us a comment, um, leave a review, and give us some direct feedback on what you like about the show and also what you don't like. We're here to improve and do it for you. And it really means the world. And listen, if you would like to support financially, you can connect with us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the ultra running guys, or you can use the support link in the show notes. Any and all support goes directly back into growing the show and helping us get better at what we love to do, which is to serve all of you. And with that, finish up that run, get cleaned up, and just show up clean clean <laughs> <laughs>